This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Man, family, as I mentioned, holiday weekend. I hope y'all got something good planned, if that's your thing. If you like to celebrate, you know what I mean? I hope y'all put some burgers or some 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 glizzies or something on the grill, you know what I mean, just to uh, <laughs> spend some time with your folks. I want to speak tonight about, um, since I don't see many folks on, I'm going to go ahead and get right into it. I want to speak tonight about uh, a scripture that came to mind as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about for Solid Talk. I want to talk about a scripture where it says, Satan has desired, all right, to sift you as wheat. This is something... And I'm about to pull it up on the screen that Jesus told Peter. And I really begin to meditate on what that means by the grace of God. I really begin to meditate on what that means. So we see right here on the scriptures, Luke chapter 22 and 31. Let's go to the full chapter, but let's just get a little bit of context. I'm down by 31. It says, man, I'm trying to see if I want to read a little bit before this. Let's pick up at 28. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, right? Now, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, I believe. And I appoint you unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. All right. And the Lord said, verse 31, Simon, Simon, behold, in other words, look, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Okay, that's important, right? I'm trying I'm trying not to teach tonight because too too much tonight because we haven't Bible study and I mean we haven't solid talking not Bible study, but <clears throat> it's important because Jesus gives us the ingredient. He gives us the cheat code that's going to allow us not to fail, right? So he says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he, okay, and okay. So we're going, we're going, we're going, uh, we ain't going to get too deep into the rest of this, but I just want to look at those two, those two verses right there, 31 and 32, where he says, Satan hath desired to have you that he might may sift you as wheat. I kind of want to even see what that says in a few other translations, because I want to see, 
Um, as I was kind of prepping for this, I watched a study on this, and the person cited something a little bit slightly different from that. I won't say it's different, but it was just another translation. And that other translation kind of like gave a different um, view on how to look at it, right? And so if we compare a couple of versions, Common English says, Simon, Simon, look, Satan has, a, Satan has asserted the right to sift you all like wheat. Okay. Now, so this is kind of critical because in that translation, right, um, <clears throat> Jesus is saying that it's not only Peter. He's talking to Peter, but he's talking to Peter about all of the disciples. Right. And so in these other translations, right, like that was common English where he says Satan has asserted the right to sift you all like wheat. So when he's so in the common English, when he says asserted the right, it's almost saying that he has asked for permission similar to what Job went through. And anybody who has, um, you know what I mean, uh, found themselves uh, in a kind of situation where it might feel like you're being sifted. And we're going to just talk a little bit about the sifting process. I guess we are having Bible study tonight a little bit. <laughs> we're just going to talk a little bit about the sifting process because we can get in this walk and we can wonder why we're going through what we're going through. Right. And we can wonder why it feels this way. We can wonder why it feels like every time we turn around, it's something going on. It's something that's 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 you being attacked in some way. It's like you're being being manhandled in some way. It's a spiritual battle. It's affecting you spiritually, physically, mentally. And this is how life can be, especially for the life of a believer. Right. Um, but look at a couple of other translations. Right. NIV says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Okay. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So, so what he's saying is, to, Jesus is speaking to Peter. He's saying, Satan wants to Satan has asked for permission. Right. And if he's asking for permission, obviously it's from God to shake all of you, meaning the disciples as wheat. OK. And then G Jesus says to Peter, I have prayed for you, Simon. Now he says you, Simon, specifically, I've been praying for you. Right. I have prayed for you. And then he says, when you're converted. Strengthen your brothers. Right. Strengthen your brothers. And so I want to just look at a little bit of like what it even looks like to be sifted, what it even means to be sifted. Um, glory to Lamb of God, what it even looks like. Right. Because we hear the phrase and we know it has something to do with wheat and all of that. But what was that really like? So I want to look at maybe one or two videos that kind of give a good sort of uh, explanation of what this process is. And I want to kind of commentate on it a little bit. So we're going to play this one. Um, <clears throat> this is about five minutes continuous. So we're not going to really um, go through all of this immediately. Uh, but it says when the wheat has been cut, you know, it's bundled into sheaves. Okay. Uh, we're, going, we're going to fast forward to the good part <laughs> for the sake of time. Right. So what, what basically happens is. Oh, we could have just played it through, honestly. <laughs> okay. 
So let's just play it. Uh, let me just. My bad. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This is okay. So it's bundled in the sheaves. Okay. And those insects you hear are from the video and dried. It is time to separate the berries from the stalks. Okay. This is a hammer mill shredder running at low speed. Now, obviously, they didn't have this in biblical times. So when I looked at the biblical um, way that this process was done, it's similar to this process. But, of course, they didn't have those machines. So you would have a lot of folks, sometimes even animals would be involved. They would take these basically long cutting things and they would cut all the wheat off like that. Right. And effectively, what they would do is they would kind of like chop it up and then throw it in the air okay and when it gets thrown in the air they would throw it high enough that the wind will begin to blow away the lighter parts and then the actual berry or i guess what we might call like the wheat that actually will fall to the ground because it has the weight right and so let's look at this very similar process it says the stalks are dipped in head first and pulled out being careful not to shred the hands, which are needed later, the wheat falls into the bin below. Okay, so now we're gonna actually see a bit of the sifting process. It says, after threshing, it must be sifted to separate, I can mute this actually. It must, no, I want y'all to hear it. It must be separated from the berries. <clears throat> after threshing, it must be sifted to separate the berries from the heavy debris first with the coarse screen okay so what you're going to see this guy do is you're going to see him begin the sifting process and the sifting process is uncomfortable right for everything involved you know what i mean it's an aggressive process it's a shaking right it's a shaking process that you're going to see he's going to do and what i really want to kind of say to this is um, sometimes things are going to happen that are going to shake us. They're going to shake us. And remember, Satan has, according to certain translations, Satan has asked for permission to shake us. And if he's shaking us, that means that that permission has been granted. Now, you might ask the question, well, God, I thought you were on my side. Why would you allow the devil <laughs> to sift me? Why would you allow him to shake me? Why would you allow him to send me through this process? What we're going to see in a moment is that what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for our good. So let's keep looking. He's going to begin to shake and sift. And so what's happening here, uh, he says, I can hear the wheat falling into the bin. When I don't hear it anymore, it's all sifted out, right? And so he said he can hear it, right? He can hear it. There's a communication that's taking place. And so look at what happens next. So this is the what he calls the coarse uh, batch that he just did, okay? And now he's going into another bin, okay? And you're going to see the same thing effectively right and so we wonder why it feels like our life is, is is going haywire sometimes we wonder why you know what i mean like it feels like we are 
uh, being thrown around like that, you know. But what we're going to see, now look at this. Th that first one was the the coarse batch. In other words, that was where he did one sifting, right? That was one process of refinement. But now he said the fine screen is a quarter inch hardware cloth. So now what you're getting is an even further refinement. In other words, the things that we go through, um, we might have went through something earlier in our walk that might have just seemed wild, right? And we survived it. <laughs> but then we got to go through even more, right? And so the enemy wants to sift us. But in the whole sifting process, he's actually furthering the will of God to refine us more into what God wants us to be. Here's another uh, final or third or fourth example of the of the refining process right and so by the time he's done with all of this what you're going to see is everything that's not needed is effectively trimmed away now it can be winnowed right everything that's not needed right is effectively thrown away now here is the winnowing right now the winnowing process is basically this is what in ancient israel they used to actually take some big, huge rake looking things, fork looking things and just throw it up as high as they can. And when they throw it up as high as they can, the idea is the weight of the grain or the berry. Right. The weight of the grain or the berry, uh, because it has fully developed, it's going to fall into place. Right. It's going to be the thing that's going to be exactly where the owner wants it to be. And so everything else that's lighter than that, everything else that's underdeveloped, everything else that has not come to maturity or everything else that's not needed. It actually gets blown away. And so this this is we're about to see. This is the final part of that refining process where he's now doing the winnowing. Right. And the winnowing is basically uh, in this case, because we got electricity, he has a fan. And so he's going to pour everything that he just sifted into the fan. And this is going to be the final part of the process where the fan is going to blow away everything that's not needed, everything that's not holding enough weight. And so he's going to do it first at 25 percent speed. And what you'll see is you can hear the berries hitting the bend. You can see the weight of the berries, right? Uh, the weight of the berries is actually allowing them to fall into place while all of the other uh, unnecessary stuff, all of the other sh shaft and all of that is basically just blowing off in the wind. And so it's going to feel like you're in the wind. <laughs> it's going to feel like you're in a tornado. I mean, we all sat in front of the fan before when we was little kids. It's, it's going to feel like that. But imagine being small in front of the fan. And so the thing that I believe the Lord wants us to kind of talk about tonight, this is half speed, is just the idea that, man, we're going through something, but it doesn't mean that God is not aware. It doesn't mean that uh, it's not working for your good. The, the 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 shaking you're going through is working for your good the 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 tornado the storm that you feel like you're in the midst of is working for your good and so we talked about this um 
a little bit on Bible study Thursday. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of, out of them all. He does a third pass, right? A third pass, and then it's just going to dry for a few days. So by the time you get through all of that, all of that, all of that, we're going to be exactly what we were intended to be. The stuff that we go through, the stuff that we go through is designed to grow us, to build us, to strengthen us, and to place us, right? You might be going through something right now. You might not understand why. It's, it's because it's going to place you where it is that you're supposed to be. And so we just got to stay encouraged. We just got to be mindful. You know what I mean? We just got to really be aware that, man, God is aware. You know what I mean? He's not ignorant of what's going on. He's not oblivious to what we're feeling, what we're thinking. And really, he's seeing everything that's going on. There's a scripture that says the finding pot is for silver. The furnace is for gold. But the Lord trieth the hearts. And so the real thing is, you know, what are we made of? Because, you know, we talk about, um, you know, this idea of, of growing to maturity. Right. And so when you got that example of those wheat and those wheat berries, you know, they have to grow to maturity in order for them to fall in the right place. See, God isn't going to take everybody through the same storm because everybody is not mature enough for the same storm. If you got a flat out baby Christian, God isn't going to take them through a, a God may not take them through a, a an ordeal that's going to like require faith that's through the roof because they're just now learning their faith. They're just now identifying their faith. So they'll have a storm that's relative to where they are. They'll have a test that's relative to where they are. But God understands that. He's not going to put more on us than we can bear. Right. I know that's a phrase, but I think it's, it's basically articulated in the scripture. And so what that means is if we find ourselves in a storm or in a situation, it means that he believes that we have the faith to endure it. Going back to that scripture, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. In other words, Jesus is praying for us that your faith fail not. So we have faith already. He didn't say, I'm praying that, that you're going to get some faith. He's saying, I'm praying that your faith fail not. In other words, we have a measure of faith. We've been dealt a measure of faith. We have the scriptures. We have our relationship with the Lord. We have previous testimonies of things that he's brought us through. So we have faith. And he's saying, I'm praying that your faith doesn't fail you. Right. In other words, exercise your faith, utilize the faith that you have, utilize it. And so Jesus Christ is praying for us. You know, it's we should ask for prayer requests from people. It's a wonderful thing to ask for prayer requests from people. But just think about the fact that Jesus Christ is praying for you while you're going through your situation. So. If I want anybody praying for me, <laughs> I want it to be Jesus directly. You know what I mean? And and this is why we pray. We pray to him. We give him our burdens. 
We allow to we we pray through the spirit because the Bible says that the spirit makes groanings and in, in intercessions, right? He makes groanings for the things that we don't even know we should be praying for. Peter didn't even know what was ahead of him. Look at how Peter responded to Jesus after Jesus told him that Peter was extremely confident. He said in verse 33, or the scripture says, and he said unto him, in other words, Peter saying unto Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you both into prison and to death. Right. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou thrice deny that thou knowest me. And he said unto them, okay, so we'll leave that alone. But basically, Peter thought, right, that he had this covered. He thought that, man, you know, I'm, I'm ride or die. You know what I mean? I don't care what they're saying. I don't care if they even take you to the brink of death. If they throw you in prison, I'm right there with you. Lo and behold, Jesus was being crucified. And just as, Pete, as uh, Jesus foretold, Peter said, you know, I don't know him. I don't know the man. And the cock crowed three times. Right. And um, my bad. He denied him three times. Right. Uh, and then the cock crowed. And so that's what that's what really it is. It's really just a situation where um, the Lord knows more about what we need than even what we know because he actually knows what's in store for us and so if we're being strengthened he says to peter you know when you're converted go and strengthen your brother he's saying mature your brother grow your brother right share your testimony give them the tips edify them with the word you know teach them through uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs he's telling them all of these different type of things because what he's what he's basically saying is that if we bear the name of Christ and the servant is not greater than his master than his Lord right then basically uh, we're going to go through some stuff too and Jesus wants to be Jesus wants us to be able right to endure what it is that he's taking us through. And so that's really kind of what it is. It's just, you know, going through this thing. I see a couple comments here. Glory to God. Sister Beatrice says, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Absolutely. Psalm 62 and 6. Sister Marcia says, my first stripping, I felt like I was losing my mind. But I had to lose my mind to receive the mind of Christ. Man, that's a powerful word. That's a powerful word. We had to lose our mind to receive the mind of Christ. You know, what's so amazing about that is we can't get through situations without the mind of Christ. It's a, as a matter of fact, that scripture says, let this mind be in you. Let's find that. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. But right after that, it's going to tell you what type of mind that was. Let this mind be in you. I think, is it in Philippians? Yes. Uh, let this mind be in you, 
which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so the mind that was in Christ was a mind of humility and a mind of obedience, even to the point of death. Right. And so if we're in our carnal mind, we're not even capable of enduring some of these situations because the carnal mind operates out of self-preservation. The whole the whole point of the carnal mind is how can I save my life, right, and preserve it? But we know Jesus said whoever tries to save his life is going to lose his life. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels shall find it. And so this is where you get it where it says therefore in verse 9 Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But I want to go back up to where it talks about the type of mind that Jesus Christ had, you know, our minds fight our own battles. Our mind is on attack mode. Our mind is on, like I mentioned, just how can I save myself out of this situation? What do I, can I scheme myself out? Can I, can I, can I swindle my way out? Can I fight my way out of this situation? Jesus Christ humbled himself out of his situation and it exalted him into a better place and that's that required faith right now jesus pretty much knew who he was so i'm not even sure if like faith is even the right word to use but <laughs> for jesus but let me say it this way jesus pretty much knew that if i endure right if i endure in this moment the harvest that i'm going to reap for me going through what I'm going through is going to be worth it on the other side. He he knew that if I if I lay my life down and I conquer death, right? And I do all of this stuff, I'm going to have a name that is above every name and every knee is going to bow, right? And every tongue is going to confess and he's going to rise again with all power in his hands. And so he knew that. The question we have to ask ourselves is do I know that God has my back? Do I know that God has something for me on the other side? Do I really know? Do I trust and believe? Do I have faith that if I do these things, I'm going to get these crowns that he's talking about in the word of God, that if I stay this course, I'm going to get this mansion that I, these mansions that I heard Jesus talk about in my father's house. There are many mansions, many rooms in my father's house. Do we have the faith to believe that? Oftentimes, right, we feel like we need to handle the situation ourselves. Vengeance is a big one. We talked about this 
people love revenge because revenge means you go out and you get it yourself. <laughs> it means that you even the scales yourself. Somebody has um, owes you something and you feel like they're indebted to you. Like they can't do that to me or they stole from me. They they robbed from me. So I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to even the scale. But God says vengeance belongs to me. Saith the Lord, he says, I will repay. So everybody's going to get repaid. The folks that 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 do what they do, they're going to get what's coming to them. The other folks that have been lost and all that, they're going to get what's coming to them. God is sorting it all out. I mentioned to y'all a little bit on Thursday. I didn't really go into detail, but, you know, I had a situation where um, <clears throat> my car got totaled. And I wasn't in the car, fortunately, by the grace of God. Uh, but what happened was I was at work and my car was parked on the street. And according to what the neighbor told me, I'm not sure if, the, if it was a police chase or what. I, I got the police report today. It didn't mention a police chase, but it's pretty much like four cars involved in this accident. So basically what happened was. From what my neighbor told me, combined with what I read on the police report, I can deduce that the police were probably chasing somebody. See, I'm not even sure about this, though, because I don't know. <clears throat> OK, let's just let's just go with what the neighbor said. The police were chasing somebody. Uh, let's just say they're going this way. And another car is on the other lane coming this way. Somehow the person hits this car, right? When they hit this car, they keep going. And now they're speeding off and they crash into my car. And then from my car, they go and they crash into another car. <laughs> then I guess their car finally stops. I was wondering like what type of car they had. Apparently they had a two, 2010 Dodge Charger, right? I could see the, I don't know if they're supposed to show me this, but I could see the people's names. I got the people's phone numbers. I'm not going to contact them, but all this was on the police report. I got everything except the address. Um, and a, and a, if I'm reading it correctly, I think it was like either a woman driving or it was uh, a woman's car. But it looks like the, 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 the trouble car was driven by a woman. But nonetheless, and I say that because I'm like, was she a criminal? Was she like involved in a crime or like, I don't know fully what happened. But what I do know is that I'm coming home from work and uh, I pretty much got my plans for the evening. I'm supposed to go and continue this, uh, this video shoot that we're doing. And I come to my car and I'm pretty much like... <laughs> You know, I don't know what to believe. You know what I mean? I just got the car, pretty much. I bought it uh, December 26, 2021. Um, you know what I mean? And uh, fortunately, by the grace of God, I'm not somebody, someone who idolized the car. You know what I mean? So it was definitely a uh, definitely a horrible thing to, to, to walk to when you're coming back from work. But... You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> you know, I came to the to the neighbor. The neighbor flagged me down and she told me what happened. And I just said, God is in control. 
You know what I mean? God is in control. It's it's is is nothing I can do. You know, and all it really made me want to do is praise God more. And so, when you're made of something, you know, there's a scripture that says every man's work is going to be tried to see of what sort it is, right? What is it built upon? What it, what are you actually made of, right? Um, when you're made of something, the shaking is actually going to make you stronger, even though if it doesn't feel like it, it might not feel like it immediately. Might not feel like it in the moment, but it's making you stronger, right? And um, we got to have faith that it's making us stronger. We got to have faith that God will repay. And so before I even knew who the people were on the police report, I just prayed for everybody involved in the situation. I thought it was probably a dude at first from the way it was described. Um, But I just prayed for everybody in the situation before I even knew their names because my thing is like it's a material thing and help them you know what i mean help them because that's what they need um you know so it's an unfortunate thing it really got me um uh, thinking about moving out the hood finally <laughs> i was gonna wait till i got married but i'm like yeah you know what that may or may not happen so maybe i might start looking into some houses you know what i mean i can afford a better home you know, I bought this home in 2010, and um, I don't know what the market is like now. I know a year or two ago it was, like, really not a buyer's market, so maybe I can kind of wait. But I'm like, man, I don't know. I might have to get away from these curses, you know what I mean? Because it's certain curses that come with the hood, um, and really it's, it's the hood, but it's also, glory to God, let me cut Siri off. This thing keep coming on. Um, oh, that thing is annoying. <laughs> um, my bad. I'm trying like not to say anything because I feel like I triggered the the S I R I. Anyway, I think it's gone. But um, <clears throat> you know, um, it's a curse that's really over the whole United States, but it's very prevalent in the hood. It's the curse that's really. Um, affecting our nation and that curse is the curse of so I was calling it fatherlessness for a long time calling it the curse of fatherlessness uh, and it is the curse of fatherlessness but as I was meditating on it I believe with the Lord really really is the curse of whoredoms right because the fatherlessness is a byproduct of the whoredoms the whoredoms meaning the people that are reproducing outside of the legality of a marriage right outside of the confines and the ordination of a marriage and so what we have and let me say this nice i was about to say it's so mean <laughs> um what we have though and not saying that everyone who is who was born out of wedlock falls into this category that's not true at all you got wonderful people who have come from single parent homes you got horrible people that have come from two parent homes but generally speaking there's so much that has to be overcome out of these situations. And we're getting to a point, and especially in these inner cities and urban communities, which is where I live, where it's like it's getting a little unbearable. You know what I mean? Like these these these, these youth today, not to say the youth weren't bad during my time or before my time. I mean, the 90s was wild, but. 
the youth today are just different. You know what I mean? They're just different. They're misguided. They're not, uh, not all of them, but they're not thinking about anything. They don't have anything on their minds. And it's become fashionable for them to be involved in these beefs, fashionable for them to be agents of chaos, basically. And so I'm like, man, I got to get as far away. <laughs> it's time for me to sell out. You know what I'm saying? I'm about, to, I'm about to give me a nice house out in the suburbs, you know, get around some 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 upper echelon, you know, some suburbanites, you know, might even have to get around some of them uh, – <laughs> Some of them light folks, you know what I mean? You know, try not to throw too many cookouts. But it's kind of tricky, though, because it's like, you know, um, what do you do? You know what I mean? What do you do? Um, but, yeah, that's just something that's been on my mind. I'm going to go ahead and read a couple comments real quick. By the grace of God. Marsha says, I remember telling the Lord in this situation, I have so many enemies and he told me to change my confession to there are more for you. There are more for you than against you. Lord is with us even when he is silent. Yeah, he absolutely is with us even when he's silent. Absolutely. B says, I'm in awe of God right now. Just amazed with all the attacks on his people when he is there through the fire, revealing himself in our time of trouble. Absolutely. B says, sorry to hear about your car, Brother Greg. Yes, you know what? Thank you, first of all. It's one of them things where it's like, you know, like I said, I didn't idolize the car. Uh, I'm grateful for the car. This was the first time that I bought a new car. You know, I've always just bought a used car with decent mileage, but I was like, eh, you know, I'm in my upper 30s. If I'm going to have a midlife crisis, it's probably going to be like now or a little bit, maybe like 40s, 50s. But, you know, I keep cars for a long time. So I'm like, let me just splurge, you know, enjoy the fruit of my labor. And at the time, I really did kind of feel like the Lord was leading me toward that specific model. Um, that was a Lexus RX 350 uh, 2022. And so I was grateful for that. And um, I used to kind of joke that it was it's my soccer mom car, you know, because it wasn't really a cool model car. It's really like a suburban family car. That's what's really popular about it. But I kind of got the black line edition to try to pretty much make it as cool as possible. But I will admit this. I was thinking the other day. As I was in my car, which I which I really did love, I it was very smooth ride. It felt very safe. I don't know how to explain it. It just felt safe, like the 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 ergonomics, the 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 mirrors with the little light indicators, the lane keep assist. Some people don't like that. I kind of like it a little bit. And then I can see how fast I'm going on the heads up display. Um, all that stuff really kind of made me feel safe. Um, so I did like the car a lot in that regard, but I will admit I was thinking, you know, like I was like, Lord, you know, I don't know about talking to the Lord or talking to myself, but I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever really gotten a cool car. You know what I mean? Like I've never got. I, I, so I had every car I've had so far, which it had only been three. 
you know, I just get a car and keep it. I don't like going through the process and all that. I figure, you know, plus I don't even drive a lot. Um, but I think I had a Toyota Corolla as my first car. And then after that, I totaled that car. That one was a little bit my fault, but it was more the fault of this other lady. Um, but that got totaled. Then I got a Charger, right? But I'm not a car person. So when I got the Charger, which was just somebody's recommendation, I was like, what car should I get? They was like, get a Charger. So I just got a Charger. Um, but I didn't get the like the fancy engine one. I guess it was the SRT8 or the Hemi, whatever it's called. So I just had the base model, which really is not that impressive. <laughs> um, and it really wasn't didn't have that much get up. So it kind of almost defeated the purpose of having the Charger. And then after that one, I had that one for a while. I finally got the one that, that y'all just saw a picture of. And even that was more like a family car. So I was like, you know, I never really got a cool car, like a like an awe-inspiring, like, oh, he's the man type car. You know what I mean? And I was like, do I ever want to do that? So now I might have that opportunity. <laughs> you know, maybe the Lord knew my heart and he was like, he likes his car, but let me get him a, a, a car he really loves. You know what I mean? I don't know, but... I'm being prayerful about it because I got to decide if I want to splurge and get that cool car once and for all, or if I want to just downgrade and really just save, like pocket the money for whatever they give me at the value, just like get a lower value car, just pocket the rest of the money and maybe put that toward a home. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of praying about that right now. Any suggestions, let me know. Um, Brother Marcus says I should get a BMW X6 like he has. So I'm like, man, I could get an X6 like Marcus. Only thing is I hear so much about the maintenance and the cost of BMWs that I'm like, man, do I really feel like <laughs> do I really feel like dealing with that? But um but yeah, that that's what it what it was. They ran into it. I don't know the whole story, but I could see from the police report how it all happened. Marsha says, God will restore all that you have lost in this life and in the next. Praise the Lord. Marsha says, I call it the curse of not loving the truth. Great delusion. Yeah, yeah, there is a cost with not loving the truth. And we're in a season where so many people are simply rejecting the truth. It's actually kind of wild to witness the minds of people disintegrate into foolishness. Like we know, we know what we know that man has fallen and we know that man is flawed and we know that man is sinful and we know that man is depraved. But I don't know if we really know what those words really mean until we really start to see it play out. And that's what we're seeing right now in America is we're seeing people who whose minds and when I, I'm not talking about their brains they got fully functioning brains but their minds have been blinded and have eroded away and, and are on the brink of becoming reprobate 
if they haven't already to the point where they don't actually even know what a man or a woman is. And I was thinking about this earlier today. I'm, I'm a, I try not to talk about this too much because I feel like I talk about it a lot on this channel. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about this earlier today about just how much of a religion that is. That whole belief system, that whole alphabet soup, uh, that's a religion, right? But you know what's, what's ridiculous about it is... A person, for example, a person will claim that they are a woman, right? But it might be a man and he will claim that he is a woman. Here's how you know that they are delusional and, and in, to some degree in denial. Because think about this. If you really are a woman, even though you're in a man's body, why not why not just exist as you are as a woman? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I wouldn't do this. But let's say I'm a I'm a man as I am today and I make a declaration, I am a woman. Cool. If I really am a woman, why don't I just walk around like this as a quote unquote woman? Because if I really am a woman, I wouldn't have to change anything about me. Who I am is actually already a woman. But what you're seeing happen is people are going through procedures. They're going through surgeries. They're going through changing their adornment to try to compensate and to try to match up to what they are claiming to be. But if they really were that, they wouldn't have to get any surgery done. You would just be a woman with, you know, male genitalia and without, you know, upper, you know, uh, without breasts. You know, you would just be that and you would just be a woman. And so that's how you know that they are lying and that they don't love truth, because if they really believe that they were what they claim to be. They would just exist as that. But what they have to do is change reality to try to conform to what really is a spiritual and an esoteric belief. So when someone says I am a, a woman and they're really a man or I am a man, but they're really a woman. What they're really saying is spiritually, right? Spiritually in my in my core right in my being in my soul in my in my essence i am the opposite gender but i recognize that physically i am not that gender and so this is why i have to go through surgeries and procedures and nips and tucks and cuts in order for me to match up to my essence but if you really were your essence. You wouldn't have to go through all of that. And so this is how we know this is a religion, right? This is a belief system. You know how much faith it has to take to believe that you are not what you are biologically. That takes a that's like centurion faith, right? For for someone to believe something like that. And so, yeah, I agree. The hashtag great delusion um, it's the curse of not loving the truth.
right? And that not loving the truth comes in all forms. You know, I do believe, though, culturally, especially in the hood, it's the curse of fatherlessness, a.k.a. the curse of whoredoms, um, where you just got a lot of uh, miscreant, miscellaneous children running around with no structure, no discipline, no guidance. Um, they're being raised by social media and rappers, and basically they're rebellious, you know what I mean? They're rebellious. And so, you know, might be that time, you know, it's just a matter of what state I want to go to. You know, my mom's going to be 75 this year. I feel like I need to stay in the DMV area since I'm her only child. So, you know, uh, Virginia, I'm looking at you. Uh, Maryland, I'm in Maryland now, PG County. And I used to wonder how PG County for the longest was considered the richest African-American county in the country. And I never knew. But recently, like this past year, I've been finding myself in different neighborhoods in PG County um, where it's like when you turn into them, you're like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> y'all the folks that got money, y'all, I got to turn in here and I got to drive a little bit into this neighborhood or, or, you know, I see this neighborhood with this with this label and, you know, I never thought to turn in here because that's not where I was going. That's where all of them are. And so I could I'm, I'm more I say all that to say I'm more open to staying in this area because at first I was like, I'm going to move. I'm going to go to, you know, Tennessee. I'm going to go somewhere more red more conservative let me say and I still probably ideally would like to do that but you know what I mean um, I think I'm gonna need to stay in this area a little bit and um, let that be that might have to let that be that but yeah um, let me see Marsha says not just the youth but people are extreme I saw a woman have her rental property burned down because the tenant retaliated against the eviction. Wow. You know, it's because people think they can do stuff like that and get away with it. There's not a regard for discipline in this country. Um, you know, when you, you, we start making some examples, making some proverbs, you know, people might begin to think twice. We start having some law and order. And that's that's really one of the most annoying things about these uh, like major cities is like they're basically enabling criminals. And that's what really upset me about the whole thing with my car. I was like, based on the story, the neighbor told me I was like all these miscreant criminals running around are just making it inhabitable. You know what I mean? I wasn't even I'm a safe driver. I got the car. You know what I'm saying? I got insurance and everything, but I was like, boy, I'm going to get this car because I know how to drive. I'm not reckless. But it ain't even about me being reckless. Just simply being close to reckless people <laughs> is is an issue. So that's what it is. B says, I'm blessed and thankful for my 98 Lexus. Got it like new, like new 14 years ago with 50,000 and only has 100,000. Runs so smooth. Lexus is solid. Yeah, that's exactly why I got it. 
I was like, I'm going to get this joint. I just need a little SUV. I prefer sedans, but I was like, I just need a little SUV, carry my camera equipment around in. And, um, you know, uh, I saw that that was reliable. I know I keep cars for a long time, so I'm like, let me just get that one, get something safe, reliable, comfortable, luxurious. And that's exactly what it was. But now I'm like, you know what, let me, let me, let me... <laughs> Let me let me do a little bit of all them little songs I used to listen to. Give me a big body Benz or something like that. Um, but I'm gonna see if the Lord let me do that. He might not let me do that, so we'll see. Um, Marsha says they know the truth. They are repressing it. Yeah, pride and rejection of truth. Absolutely, idolatry and jealousy. Cognitive dissonance is on the. This cognitive dissonance is on the uprise. Absolutely. Man, I told about that years ago. I need to go back and rewatch that. It's gonna be probably a little bit hard for me to find it though. Um, Cause I be searching my own stuff and can't even find my own stuff. Like <laughs> stuff I know I told on. So I'm like, man, I don't know. I think I'm like buried in the algorithm, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> Sister Torres say, come to VA, bro. <laughs> I love Virginia. You know what I mean? Virginia, my mom always says Virginia is a clean state. Virginia's slogan is Virginia is for lovers. I do. I love Virginia. Um, man, I'm just, it's like, it's a lot of variables. You know, you think about your job. You think about all sorts of stuff. Um, but there's a lot of good places in Virginia. Um, North Carolina. You know what I mean? North Carolina. I hear Charlotte is a good city. I, I've never been, but I kind of want to visit there. I don't know, but that's the thing, man. It's like, I don't know if I even want to do a city because it's like city folk, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a city folk. I'm born and raised in D.C., you know, but it's like the other city folk, like they just, they're just different. They're just different. So, yeah, y'all, I'm kind of shooting the breeze a little bit because tonight is an open discussion, you know, by the way. So if anybody got a topic, just throw it out there. Um, but we we coming up on the hour. Marsha says, I'm thinking about Virginia when that time comes. However, we are in the army of the Lord and we will go where he wants us to go. Yeah, that's the same thing, too. It's like I can't make decisions like everybody else. Everybody else makes a rational and carnal decision. When we're in the Lord, our lives don't belong to us. You know what I mean? That's the way I see it. You know, my life is not my own. So I'm like, you know, Lord, I, I need you to tell me what car you want me to get. Um, I need you to tell me where to move. Or at least I need to consult the Lord. You know, at least consult him uh, before I make a major decision like that. Um, and that's the thing about being a, a person of God. You know, being a man of God, a woman of God, um, a lot of people say they they want, a lot of women say, oh, I want a man of God. But do you know what that really entails? What it entails is that y'all are going to be living a life of faith, meaning that you're going to go through something where God is going to try your faith. He might, you might be Sarai married to Abram. God says, up, go into a land which I've showed you, come up out of your father's house and leave. And y'all are being uprooted because of the will of God. 
Now, y'all traveling from place to place. He, you in this situation, tell him that you my sister. Not to say God told him to tell him that, but tell him you my sister so they don't kill me. You know, you you fine. They going to want you. You go into this place, tell him it's your sister. You go to this place. Now she's saying, you know, well, sleep with the handmaiden. You know, it's it's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. And so we got to live life as believers, you know, as though we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Almost like this is a, like we're on a mission. This is a commission. Like we're down here commissioned to do something. You see, if if it was just about our salvation, um, God could save us and just remove us from the earth. But he saves us and leaves us down here because he has a will that none should perish and he wants us to be ambassadors and co-laborers to go save other people and so as a born-again believer a lot of times our main thought needs to be like lord what's the purpose that you have for me how do you want me to contribute to the body of christ because that's why you left me down here otherwise you know you could have saved me right right when I was pure, right when I was made new. You know, just take me up, you know, let me put go in one of the mansions and we'll call it a day. But it doesn't always play out that way. Um, but, yeah, Virginia is nice. Marsha says, when they begin to remove the authority from the parents to discipline the child, that's when the children manipulated the system. Wow. That's true as well as I've heard people say prayer in schools. I think I might have just missed that era of um, when they had prayer in schools, but I always hear people talk about that. B says, so unsafe driving out there. People don't stop at stop signs. Yeah. I would buy an RV and not settle. LOL. Yeah. You know, people like them RVs. B, you might drive less than me because you said... (laughs) You had your car for 14 years. You got it with 50 miles and only at 100. I think me and you might be neck and neck in terms of who drive the least. <laughs> um, I had the, my Lexus. I had that. I bought that at the end of 2021. Up until recently, I only had 8,000 miles. And that was with me intentionally taking road trips, you know, because I don't drive to work. I only go in the office one day a week, and even then, I drive to the station and park. Um, clearly, I won't be doing that again. I actually park in the station. I usually park on a little side street. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I intentionally was, like, taking road trips on purpose just to kind of, like, justify my purchase because I was like, man, I paid all this money for a car. I'm about to just be driving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um but that's just how it is. Um, praise the Lord. Oh, here's a question. Here's a topic question. Sister Brittany says, hey, Brother Greg, what are your thoughts on an <clears throat> individual manifesting while darkness is being exposed through someone discussing certain topics on a podcast? For example, someone exposing the power behind the occult. Hmm. I'm going to reread that. So I can understand it a little bit clearer. 
Glory to God. My nose started getting stuffy. I don't know why when I'm like online, I feel like I got to talk through my nose. Um, I'm going to try to talk to my stomach so my nose doesn't get stuffy. Um, what are your thoughts on an individual manifesting while darkness is being exposed through someone discussing certain topics on a podcast? That's interesting. Because if that happens, what that kind of tells me is that there's an agitation that's going on. Um, you know, I remember one time somebody I knew, I won't get into detail out of respect, but um, <clears throat> I used to go to church with this person. And this was after I was born again. And I noticed that, like, they would always um, be talking during, like, important what I consider important parts of the service important parts of the sermon you know what I mean like they would be talking and um they would get up and go to the bathroom when the preacher is about to preach different different type of stuff like that and I noticed it was pre fairly consistent it was like this person was um distracting and being distracted and I was young in my walk at this point and what I realized was spiritually there's something going on with this person I guess maybe a demon or something that does not want them to hear the word and it also doesn't want me to hear the word but I think really the person that was in bondage at that time was them and it did not want them to hear the word and so I do believe that simply through hearing because you mentioned that it's a it's a podcast as example, uh, it might be a podcast, but the thing about it, even though it's a podcast and it's not preaching like up on a sermon or anything like that, depending on what's said in the podcast can be like the equivalent of preaching. And if that's the case, then it, then it is very possible somebody can manifest because of that. And what that would be to me is somebody who some something within that person that's being impacted affected based off of what's being said because that light has been shown has been uh has been spread that light has has shined into darkness so i do agree or at least i'll believe i'm not sure if you stated how you feel about it but i do believe that it's possible for somebody to manifest and all of that um just through hearing, you know, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You know what I mean? So hearing is critical. Um, but, yeah, if that does happen, I would kind of if say if I were that person, I would kind of be like, you know, what's going on with me? That something within me is tribulating because I heard what I heard. Maybe that person is offended. What's going on within me that I heard what I heard and I got offended? See, the first thing I do when I get offended, which is rare, but when I do get offended, the first thing I wonder is, is it true? And if it's true, I have to check myself because at that point, my feelings are completely irrelevant. You know, like if I, I can't be offended at truth, right? I have to adapt the truth because truth doesn't change, you know, unless I want to change the truth. So say somebody say, oh, you 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 overweight, you need to lose weight. OK, I can change that. Right. But 
if it's something like the word of God, that's settled, right? It's not going to change. So what is it in me that is causing me to feel this type of way? And the Bible says it this way, let a man examine himself, right? Um, there's another scripture that says, search me, O God, and try me and see if there be any way, any wicked thing in me, basically. And that's what we got to do sometimes, but we got to be willing to do it. We got to ask ourselves, am I willing to do that? That's a great question. Cognitive dissonance is a form of manifestation of denial. Yeah, denial is critical. Um, denial is something else. Denial can definitely lead to sin. You know what I mean? And all of that type of stuff. But man, God is good, family. We had a nice little chat tonight. Um, I might end up renaming this. We'll see. But, um, yeah, just wanted to kind of talk about that for those that joined a little bit later. We were just talking about when you're going through stuff that you're going through, you know, uh, when you're being sifted. Um, what the enemy means for evil, God can turn it around for good because that sifting process really just amounts to your refinement. And so the question is, like, man, I know I'm going through something, but I know that God is just refining me and making me into what it is, who it is that he's calling me to be. So listen, family, thank y'all for hanging out with me a little bit. I'm going to try to do a little bit better with these um, open discussion topics. I'm going to try to get it out there earlier on the community tab and give folks uh, an opportunity to, you know, share what they want to share. Maybe I throw it up there on a Friday or something like that. I'm going to read this one last comment, then we're going to call it a day. Marsha says, I recently saw this man's testimony about going in Dunkin' Donuts frequently. There was a customer that would manifest toward him, but no one else he knew but no one else knew it because he carried the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Interesting. So tell, so tell me a little bit about that, sister. You're saying the man went into Dunkin' Donuts frequently, okay? The man liked his donuts and his coffee. All right, I like mine too. And there was a certain customer that would manifest toward him, but no one else knew but excuse me, but no one else he knew it was because he carried the Holy But no one else he knew because he carried the Holy Spirit. She says there was a there was a customer that would always manifest toward him, but didn't do it to anyone else. So was he an employee? Because it sounds like he's an employee and he had this frequent customer that would go off on him. I don't know what it is about people going off in fast food places. I think for some people it's like the only place, it's like the the only time where they can have control. You know what I mean? It's like you go in, you tell them what you want, you place your order, you tell them I don't want no pickles, I don't want no, you tell them all this specific stuff and you make your demands. But for some reason, some people are really combative in fast food places. And I just don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> what is it with people with their food? Are they hungry? Are they hangry? Like, what's the deal with that? Um, but, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You know, you get these customers, they, they just wild out. They go crazy. You know what I mean? Their demons start manifesting. All of that type of stuff. 
But yeah. But yeah, God is good, family. Thank y'all for hanging out with me a little bit. Um, enjoyed the conversation. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. That's all I have in this solid talk. You all take care and be blessed. Culture can't keep me in check. And from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid. I'm dropping knowledge. Wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working. His goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest. Truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object. Culture living godless, I can't even call it We in the last days, Babylon is falling Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Just walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a the shell We say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I grow we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect try and keep my sanity amongst calamity social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity pc culture on a mission and they try to cancel me but i know jesus gonna to keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty No I can't handle me Not where I wanna be But best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit Main event and slambery So I need them every day This daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron So I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here But guaranteed the link in heaven The born again and righteous Are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith And be amongst the saints When they step in